listening to ROD coming at you live. Hey everybody, thanks for listening in to the Auto D Show here on Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Network Studios, broadcasting from high above Camelback Road in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, and this evening my guest is Lee Pereira, a singer, songwriter, guitarist, who's become known more recently as the Marathon Musician. And we'll hear all about that from Lee, and we'll check out some of his tunes right after this uh, first song, which is from another Arizona artist, and her name is Rochelle Marie Kimber. And the song is called Truth Hurts. Check it out. Time for me to make my mind up. Why is it so difficult to choose? What is it I'm scared of? Is it that I'm still afraid to lose? I'm hiding in the shadows Cause there's no one else to blame Am I here for the right reasons? Can you put me in the frame? Cause the way things are going Soon I'll be showing my self-deception Cause the truth hurts my eyes A foolish disguise I'm speaking in rhymes Cause the truth
You're listening to R.O.D. coming at you live. And that was Truth Hurts from Rochelle Marie Kimber here on the Auto D Show, which is brought to you by Fervor Records. So be sure to check them out at fervorrecords.com. And that's F-E-R-V-O-R hyphen records.com. And now without further delay, let me welcome to the show my guest this evening, Lee Pereira. Lee, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. You didn't run over, did you? No, I thought about it. <laughs> you know, this... Uh, you, you pulled off an amazing stunt, uh, just to jump right into it. I wouldn't even call it a stunt. It's an amazing feat. Uh, and when I first read that you were going to run 16 marathons in 16 days from, from Phoenix to, to L.A., I was like, this cat is out of his mind. Uh, pretty incredible. So hats off to you. Yeah, thank you very much. I remember um, uh, around the time that it officially birthed, you know, um, I hadn't announced it yet, but I made the mental commitment. Uh, I was playing a corporate event at the Hyatt in Scottsdale, and Brian Chartrand was there with Matthew Thornton. Mm-hmm. And Brian was there early. He had already set up. He's sitting outside, and, and I, I saw him. He didn't have his glasses on, so he didn't know who I was at first. But I, t- I, t- I told him uh, what I was going to do, and, and he looked at le- me like he didn't have glasses on even when he realized who I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, I recall uh, one time uh, you mentioned Brian. I went to see Brian uh, at the VIG, and I think you did an opening set for him that day and um if i'm remembering right and we were hanging out just outside on the patio there for a second and uh if i remember the story where you asked gosh what do you, what, what do i do next where, how do i take this thing to the next level and i was like dude i don't know these days but you need a story you just people have to have a reason to be interested in you other than just your music and then they'll get into the music yeah, it's I remember weird. That. at the big uptown right yeah yeah and so and i thought i wish i could help you but <laughs> I don't know what to tell you because it's such a strange business these days. I mean, you always needed a story, but now it's like that's all you have to have that now. There's no other way than having some way to catch everybody's eyes. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that you were doing this run, I thought, oh, my God, talk about a story. Yeah, man. You know? it, 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 it was a long process of how it all like came together. But then when it came together, I mm-hmm. mean, when it was finally decided, all the details, I mean, it was like six weeks. And then I was. Well, running. and I, I wondered the amount of planning. Uh, I had a lot of questions about the the support team around you, how it may have been assembled if there one existed. Um, and I saw in an interview on Fox TV that you uh, you knew about six weeks out mm-hmm. from from the start, which again doesn't seem like a lot of a lot of prep time. But uh, and I also heard in the interview that uh, you were a runner, but obviously you weren't running that much. So yeah, um, like my my kind of routine is I'm a. a I run like four to six miles, you know, three to four to five times a week. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do a little gym thing too. Yeah. Um, I've done marathons. Um, part of my story, which is super interesting, is two years ago uh, I was in prison for a DUI that I fought for three years and then I lost. And um, while I was there, there wasn't much to do. And I wasn't trying to um, make friends. You know, I was friendly, but I wasn't trying to make friends. Right. And, uh, so I ran, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd run in the morning, you know, get a workout in, and then nighttime would come, and I, I guess I'm gonna go run again, <laughs> you know. And uh, and then one day I was like, man, how, how many laps around the yard would be a marathon? Just I'm, I'm not doing anything, you know. What I mean, let me just get some paper and pencil, and and it was 102 laps. And a week before Father's Day, two years ago, I ran my first ever marathon, and it was in prison. It was in Florence. Wow. And then it, then I got out. And uh, 
like seven months later. Everybody must have thought you were just crazy. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> that dude keeps running around the yard. Yeah, and, crazy. I mean, a week before Father's Day, so that's June, you know, summertime. I'm out there running 102 laps, you know. How's the crazy gringo, you know. Yeah, um, that weather. But, uh, but then, you know, after that, it inspired me to do the Rock and Roll Marathon. That's when uh, I was promoting the album I released last year, and I ran the Rock and Roll Marathon and then performed afterwards, mm-hmm. um, right after Everclear on the main stage. Wow, so you performed right after you ran yeah. and after Everclear on the main stage. That mm-hmm. had to be pretty awesome. It was, it was super awesome. Um, uh, <laughs> after it was all done, I, I got to play, you know, my band that day was Miguel Magos on drums, Stanley Strong on bass, and uh, Adam Armijo <laughs> on, on guitar. <laughs> well, that's killing band. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew if I got there, yeah. you know, we'd be good. That's right. Um, and so it went great. And literally after that, I remember Miguel was like, he's like, how much would someone have to pay you? to run another one right now like after we were done performing right. i was like no way man I, I, my feet killed you know yeah. and i was like no no way um and it's just funny to think that a year i don't know 14 months later was it that i did 16 marathons in 16 days and you did a lot of extra miles on some of those days yeah there's some there's some good stories there's yeah. some good stories um it started with um a, a turn for the worst uh day two um, you know, because I don't really know how my body respond. You talked about the time to plan. Uh, you know, if someone's going to do like a triathlon or Ironman or something like that, it's, they suggest nine months to 12, 12 months to, to prepare your body. Right. Um, and like I said, I've done a marathon before, but I never had run this many. Right. And uh, so I mean, I, most people who run marathons haven't run five in their life. You yeah. ran 16 in 16 days. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, it's, it's cool to not hurt anymore and be able to smile about it. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So on day two, um, my body uh, didn't react good. I got to about mile 20 of that day's marathon, and my MCL on my right knee um, started wiggling and getting given out. And so I had to back off, you know, just uh, adapt, you know. Um, put my ego aside and then know that this is for greater causes and I just need to get through each day so then uh day three you know I prepared you know bought all kinds of supplies and different things that might come up and you know so I got tape for it that's what I got for you know so I put this tape on um it meant to wrap your knee get all wrapped up I get through day three and so meanwhile day two or day three and day four were only 20 miles so I started to get behind too um and what happened is I had an allergic reaction to the to the knee wrap, and I didn't even know. You know what I mean? So I, we're driving home. Uh, thought the day went well. Awesome. Get home. Start to unpack. Get ready. Whatever. I take off my compression pants, and Earl, it's the worst thing. One of the worst things I've ever been through. Uh, it was just oozing down my mm-hmm. leg. It it had allergic reaction. They blistered, and then the blisters ripped off. So like I have like scars on my leg from where just chunks of skin just wow. off. Um, and this is day three and four. This is day three. Yeah, this is the end of day three. Um, and thank God for my fiance. Uh, she thought quick and just slathered my leg with coconut oil. And we just spent an hour slowly getting it off. I mean, it didn't. I mean, I guess it helped, but it, it didn't allow it to get worse, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a slow, p- painful process. And, and then every day after that was a process. Then I had to wrap the open wound and, and, and get all stuff. And then the end of those days, some of the 
you know, the gauze would stick right. to it and then you know, the, yeah. the yelling from like, the shower as it's burning. You it's know? Like who needs that on top of the regular pain of just running 20 some odd miles every day? Oh man, it, it was, um, it was an interesting way to start for sure. Would, would you say that was the first time during the race that you thought, maybe I'm not going to really finish this? Did that ever cross your mind? Um, the, the open wound thing didn't. It was just one of those things that just really sucked. You mm-hmm. know, like it hurt and it was annoying and, and, mm-hmm. and it made other things worse. Because um, then in turn to protect the MCL, I wore a brace. Uh, I still had compression pants over it, so it wasn't direct rub, but it was rubbing on those wounds. The brace was right. where the wounds were. Um, that didn't bother me as far as like finishing, but the MCL on day two, like, I was like, I mean. If that goes, you can't I'm, run. I'm done. I'm yeah. done. You know what I mean? Like, am I going to. I don't know, do something crazy and just wheelchair the rest of it. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. but yeah, I, I was worried then. Um, I think one of the things I'm most proud of is that um, I really, truly listened to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I backed off when uh, I felt I needed to. Mm-hmm. I pushed when I felt I could. Um, and I continually accepted what the day gave me. Right. I didn't go into it ever um, thinking what that day would look like. Mm-hmm. I had to get a little lonely out there once in a while. Oh man, it's uh, a long way. Some of the, you know, the the it wasn't the worst day because the I would probably say the worst day was the allergic reaction at Tate. That I mean that was just mm-hmm. awful. Um, on day twelve, extra miles. Uh, this is a pretty good story. I'm gonna take a sip of water for this one. Go right ahead. I'll wait right here for you. It sounds like a, like it's gonna be good. Um, so. On day 12, so I'm behind because of the, these issues. Right. Um, I had charted out the course, um, done some mapping, left some pinpoints. You know, I had my days planned out. Well, that went out the window on, you know, day three. <laughs> um, now I'm behind. You know, my checkpoints aren't where I'm going to be. And, uh, it's like I, replanning the whole thing. Yeah. Again, accepting. I just had to accept, you know. And I'm an OCD guy, you right. know. Like when I just go to the gig, you know, my cords are nice you know (laughs) like yeah i I don't like stuff to not go right the way planned but um anyway so on day 12 um i knew i was going through the san bernardino mountains um i created three checkpoints that day most most of them you know i'm on a highway so where am i starting where am i ending um but this day i knew it's gonna be interesting Mm -hmm. um so i created three checkpoints uh a little side topic um i don't know do you know david goggins do you know that name Mm mm-hmm um, I had just finished his book, and that's kind of part of my journey, too, his whole uh, 40% rule where, you know, whatever you think you've done or you've got to your limit, you're probably only about 40% of what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I thought about that a lot while I was out there. Yeah. And so I'm going to these San Bernardino Mountains, um, and I'm starting behind where I should have been. I'm trying to make up miles. At this point on day 12, I'm feeling okay, and I'm trying to make up miles every day. Um some people, some family members and stuff are like, hey, man, you don't, you could just go an extra day and wrap up. I'm like, that's not what, no, it's not, no. <laughs> and so. We're, we're that's go- failure, huh? That, I wanted to that complete it. That wasn't the plan, yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'm going in the mountains, expecting not to have much service. I don't. Um, like, no service. I'm about halfway through the day, and my phone starts ringing. I'm like, oh, man, it's my fiance. And um, she's like, usually we're texting and, and mm-hmm. touching base and stuff. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm great. You know, everything's going great. Um, I'm like, just be at the checkpoint around eight. 
you know i'll pop out of the mountain and, and i'll be there you know and she's like well just let you know like where the checkpoint is i don't have service she's like so i just drove that back down the mountain we we're like near big bear um and she's like, okay. i just i just drove back down the mountain to try to get a hold of you you know i'm like, all right well just just trust the universe like i'm gonna be fine you know everything's fine that day was a real simple day as far as the instructions or the, the directions hit the 2N02 forest road just roll on that and that was like a road that like a, a truck or like a four-wheeler would be on right and then there'd be a hard left and that'd be the 2N01 and that'd be the only road i'd take back to the highway where i'd meet her and um and that road looked like camelback mountain and so after we hang up i'm like trust the universe will be there around eight I'm going i lose all service again like no gps no nothing like i got nothing um except for a map and I hit this road. There's a hard left. looks like a very clear road, very whatever. But no sign. I'm like, oh, man. And I look, and it looks like Camelback Mountain, but the San Bernardino Mountains. There's snow at the top. It's getting a little late, and the clouds are falling over the mountain. And I feel sick. I'm like, man, I ain't, I'm from California. I lived in Arizona. I don't know about snow. If a trail's not marked properly, she got no service. I don't know, man. <laughs> and so I look at my map, and 12 miles on the other forest road I was already on is Big Bear and the neighborhoods and stuff. And I'm like, that makes me feel so much better, even mm-hmm. though it's totally out of my way. Mm-hmm. So I start booking it that way. I get a mile into that decision, and my service kicks back on. GPS confirms that that was the road that I had mapped out. Stress, sweat. Mm-hmm. I run back a mile <laughs> and I look down this road and I'm like, no, man, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. And now I just wasted more time mm-hmm. and the sun is setting. I'm going out of my way and my fiance is going to be somewhere where she got no service. Mm-hmm. So I pop out of Big Bear, 12 miles away from the checkpoint I'm supposed to be at, at the time I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. We don't get to each other till, I don't get to the checkpoint till almost midnight. At about 11.30, I get a call from her. She finally drove back to the mountain. Mm-hmm. She, you know, had some trust the universe moments and some freak out moments. Right, of course. Um, she's just on a highway in the middle of the forest <laughs> expecting her fiancé to pop out somewhere from the dark, you know. And uh, At 8, at 9, at, at 10, 10, at 11. Yeah. It's like, uh-oh. And at 10.30, so she drives back an hour down the mountain, calls me. By the time she gets a hold of me, I'm like less, I'm minutes away from the checkpoint. Right. And she's like, ah! <laughs> like, like she's like you're okay i'm like i'm okay i'll explain like everything's fine she's like but she's like no i'm an hour away from you i'm like i'm like it's okay baby like i'm i'll be right here i'm but, not going any further <laughs> and it was a team effort you know yeah just me and, and as far as your you know team um it was just me and her you know um, i was out there on the road the day looked like uh, day one i left my front door ran 28 miles she picked me up brought me home day two she drove me to that checkpoint i ran another 20 something miles and then we continued to do that stayed at some hotels in the middle mm-hmm. um and uh, my mom lived in long beach so the last few days we stayed with her okay man it's still to me just an, a ridiculously and daunting uh, concept to even fathom to be sitting there going i think i'm going to run a marathon every day for 16 days in a row i mean if you ran a marathon once a month already i can i could get that leap but that was a pretty incredible decision mm-hmm now you mentioned you do that. Uh, you were doing this for a good cause. I read the, some of the charities that you were running for. Uh, is this part of what inspired you to do it, or what really made this move? So, um, 
I'm glad that we have some time. Yeah. It, it's a lot of moving parts. So, um, one, um, I work with three of the four charities. Arizona Cancer Foundation for Children, mm-hmm. Chrysalis Driving Out Domestic Violence, Arizona Healthcare Foundation, and then the Ellen DeGeneres Campus for the Diane Fozzi Gorilla Fund. Okay. So the three, um, besides Ellen, are Arizona charities that I work with in town. I volunteer for. I, I play for kids with cancer. I, I visit them. I, I go to domestic shelters where people mm-hmm. have been abused. And I, I, I stop by. I gig so much. So what I try to do is I know where these places are. I say, cool, uh, on June 6th, I'm going to be in your area. Uh, cool if I stop by for an hour and play for some patients that got dementia and Alzheimer, and then I'll go do my regular gig after. Wow. And so cool. I've made that part of my life. Right. So as I hit this home and play for them, when I play there, then when I leave there, I look at my schedule and I go, cool, I'll see you in three weeks on Tuesday. You know? um, <laughs> That's and, awesome. And, and, and so I was doing that already. And um, as a musician, always trying to find your break. Like, what, what is it? You know what I mean? And in this town, we have. I was just talking with Chad Gregory yesterday about like. Another great singer song. Yeah. There. I mean, it, I could go hang out with Chad and be like, Man, dude, you're the best dude in town. I love the way you write. And then go hang on Brian Chartrand. I'm like, man, you're, you're the best dude in town. I love it. Kyle Phelan, Matthew Thornton, Matt Weddle. I mean, like, the list goes on and yeah, on, you know? Yeah. And so we're all deserving, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you get that? And so when I was growing up, it was the late night show, you know, uh, Conan O'Brien breaking Radiohead, you know, stuff like that yeah. before it was bought out. And so it's like, well, what is that big break, you know? And um, I really like Ellen, you know? Um, I like what she represents, and to me what that means is uh, she's a place that people can go for happiness and joy and to mm-hmm. be entertained in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And that's what it, she represents to me. And so I really like that. And one day I was like, um, I, I, that's my break. I, I want to play on your show. Let me, let me play on your show. Let me play a song. You know? And at that time I was like, you know, let, me, let me tell you my story. You, know? you want an uplifting story? I, I've been to prison. I, I, I've, you know, uh, drastically changed my life when it comes to substances, and and put that in my past. And since then, I mean, you know, two years ago I was in prison. I'm off probation. I put out an album last year. I bought a house. I got engaged. I've ran 17 marathons <laughs> in less than two years. So I mean, it's it's incredible what I've been able to do. And so when I researched and just looked on their website, you know, there's it says submit here, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you would expect. Like, uh, did your dog do? You have a funny video. Of your dog submit here. Do you know <laughs> a teacher that's deserving of having her student loans paid off, or or him? You know, right. different all like 15 different things. You know, yeah. one of them says, "Do you want Ellen to make your dreams come true?" I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. that's simple. Sure, yeah." And it says, you know, uh, if you want to take a tour to. Uh, Boston Red Sox Stadium or meet Taylor right, Swift. Right, what's the or, dream? What's the dream? Yeah. And my dream, shake your hand and play a song. You know? And so I was like, what am I going to do? And so September 5th of last year, I started submitting to her website every day. I did a video blog every day of what I was doing, You know, whether I was at the gig, whether I was donating my time, whether I was going for a run with my dog or whatever, You know, just consistency. And what that did is it made me accountable it furthered my hold on my life of continuing in a much more sober fashion, a much mm-hmm. more focused fashion, mm-hmm. um, and being accountable every day. You know, I mean, I can't be out doing stupid stuff if I need to be representing my best self to Ellen. Right. You know, and so I did that for 200 days in a row. The 201st day was day one of the marathons. 
So in the process of doing this, um, on New Year's Eve, uh, I was running, and I started doing that day's video blog. And at the end of the video blog, I was just you know feeling it, and I was like, I'm like I don't even care, Ellen. You know, I'll run to you. And I stopped the video, and I got home that day, and I told my fiance <laughs> on, New, on New Year's Eve, I was like, hey, if uh, if she's not gonna pay attention, I'm, maybe I'll just run there. That'll get her attention. That's wild. And my fiance said, okay. That is wild. So then, February comes. Her brother's been on, like, American Ninja, super awesome athlete stuff. And he was a part of Next Level Ninja, which was a invited all the top ninjas of the world. This is your fiance's brother? Yeah. Okay. Um, Invite all the top ninjas of the world to do um, a live broadcast competition, and they accepted donations for the ninjas that were competing. I was like, that's it. I'll run to Burbank. I'll live stream it. And I'll accept donations for these amazing charities that I already work with. Because what also happened was, as I started documenting myself, I started realizing all that I was doing for the community. Mm-hmm. All the people I was already affecting. Right. And it also changed my life in the sense that as I did more of that, I became aware of the energy I carried when I entered those rooms. Why didn't I carry that energy at home? Mm-hmm. Or when I played a gig in North Scotia? Or where I... I was annoyed by somebody at a bar in Old Town. You mm-hmm. know, why, why didn't I give them the same love, the same smile, the same wish to bring joy to their life as I do the people in the Alzheimer's home? And when that really hit me, I was like, dang, you know, that whole real simple one love thing. Like, if you exclude one, you exclude everybody. You know, and that changed my life, you know? Wow. And so this story is genuine, like, Everything that has come into it has played a part for it to go to this 16-day journey, mm-hmm. this thing that I did. And this continued my growth. This continued changing my perspective, you know, being out there hurting and uh, and it being awful, you know, at times. And thinking about uh, Peyton, who's a nine-year-old girl with cancer that I met, and texted me on one of the days and said, you know, I, I love what you're doing. I can't believe And she's like, our suffering is not by choice but you're out there because you want to be held in this. And stuff like that. that wow, that has to be pretty cool. Changed my life. Really kept you going. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, that's it. Changed the focus. You know, It's, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of messed me up, man. Uh, you <laughs> I, know? I get it. I, I totally get it. And you know what I'd like to do? Uh, we, have, we have already spent like half the show or 26 minutes into this thing. And we haven't played any of your music, and we haven't really talked about your music career or where you came from. Yeah. I, but I, but thank you so much for all that detail because I have been so impressed with this story from the get go. Um, I remember seeing one of your. Uh, I didn't know anything about it until like the second or third day on the road, and, you, and I watched. I saw one of your live streams. I thought, "What's he doing out there running live streaming running?" So I kind of checked it out. I remember posting like, "Oh my god, just wow and good luck!" Because you're nuts, you're, you're nuts. <laughs> sixteen marathons in sixteen days. What? What are you doing? You know, this is crazy. And uh, kept watching to see. I didn't want to watch because I didn't want to see you fail. Because I thought, what a thing to take on. And uh, and you take that on, and, and you got to go all the way. And uh, man, I really hope you can make it. Who? Can, I don't know anyone who can make it. And uh, it was really f- fun watching you pull that thing off that was just incredible it was it was interesting there there were moments where I, I was like man if i fail i sure put it out there for everybody to see you know but that's okay too because that's a whole nother lesson because you can't mm-hmm. always succeed yeah. but the yes. fact that you did in such a daunting task uh such an 
over-the-top concept and then raised over 15 grand for these charities yeah. is just incredible. So uh, I'm going to give you a second to take a break. I'm going to spin one of your tunes, and yeah. I, I wanted to ask you which one you'd prefer I play. We'll probably get, have time to play a couple of them, but um, one that I, I dug was uh, the title track from, I guess, your last record, which is uh, What's That Gonna Do With... What's That Gotta Do With My Dream? Yep. That's a brilliant tune. Yeah. I like that. So can we kick that one off? Absolutely. All right. So here we are with What's That Got to Do With My Dreams here on uh, the Auto D Show from Lee Pereira. Check it out. What's that got to do with my dreams? What's that got to do with my dreams? Tuesday morning, open my eyes. Coffee table, ain't no surprise. Still that pile of bills. Waiting on me, I miss my youth. I felt carefree. Southwest gas and city tags. Uh. Paying back student loans in the IRS. Verizon bill, APS. Minimum payment, top of enslavement. Uh. Citizens intend to just be one of the sheep. Nobody no longer uses the eyes to see. But what's that gotta do with my dreams? What's that gotta do with my dreams? When I try to take away everything it means, everything to me. What's that gotta do with my dreams? Time to digest a leaky water pump A fatal mission's test Every day's harder Trying to stay wilder There's a crack too in my blues, Junior Every day something break the dollars get fewer There's a rumor that the future is going It's going down, but What's that gotta do with my dream? What's that got to do with my dreams? Yeah. 
Hey everybody, I'm your host, Otto Daniolo. Often, people I meet seem confused about what it is I actually do for a living. All I can say is grab my app. It's free in your app store. Just search Otto D. That's O-T-T-O-D. And then you'll have my whole story, from trumpet to guitar to platinum records and the movie business. In the app, you can stream my music, view a constantly updated concert schedule, and even land work on one of my projects because that's where I post the job opportunities. You can also stream this podcast and stay on top of all the projects I'm involved in. Check it out and share it with the creative people in your life. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get back to the interview. And that last song was What's That Gotta Do With My Dreams here on the Auto D Show by Lee Pereira. Great tune, man. Great song. Thank you very much, man. And before we move on with uh, some more about your music career, just to wrap up the story of the run, and, and uh, when you arrived at it, it, uh, the studios, the Warner Brothers Studios in, in Burbank, was it Burbank, I, did, I believe? It was, yeah. Uh, was there like grandstands of people and you know, hot dog vendors and Ellen waiting with a microphone? Nope, man. It was it was <laughs> a, it was a lonely open mic night. <laughs> oh, that's good. Now, uh, uh, you know, I got there and it, and it was like Fort Knox, you know, uh, yeah. to be expected. Thirty exactly. foot walls and security and uh, exactly. You know, we, we did a quick a little picture. Uh, you know, say we made it and uh, and then and then uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't go into it with any sort of expectations. I was hoping to get her attention. I mean, she inspired a lot of it. I loved one day, uh, you know nothing to do with the show just just shake the woman's hand tell her thank you right um because uh me submitting to her show is what led to me changing my life uh and recognizing the um, uh, what i was given to our community and and by recognizing it uh, seeing how much that that affected it and choosing to do more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I th- would imagine that uh, you number one, you were inspired to do this, but I think just the simple feat of it has inspired a lot of other people. It has, man. Um, you know, I, I've got a lot of different like messages on different social media from people that like I don't even know who they are telling me like thank you so much or, or different things, and mm-hmm. um, you know, you no matter what you may think or expect, you don't know what to expect. You don't know how it's going to hit you in that moment when that, mm-hmm. that person writes you that message, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it, it's become a very amazing thing that I hold myself accountable to because, um, the, the mantra or the affirmation that I say to myself the most is I am inspiration mm-hmm. because if I'm inspiration, then I'm living my life right mm-hmm. to be that. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's like the, the easiest way for me to put myself in a place to be my best if i just say i'm i'm inspiration i said as i was i was coming here today you know i'm inspiration that's what i'm i'm bringing here mm-hmm. and if i do that then i put myself in a different uh energetic space you know yeah so and and after that i was cool um somebody texted me and it really stuck with me and they said um man what an amazing thing you did i really hope you continue to inspire people and like it really hit me you know yeah. that 
I've, I've set a, a standard. Yeah, set a bar. Yeah. And people have an expectation now when they're, they look to you, what, they, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you are an inspiration. My, that's my, awesome. My nephew um, said, you know, am I going to run to North Carolina next? Because that's where they live. <laughs> and you said, uh, I might ride most of the way. He said, well, you ran to Grandma in Long Beach. That's right. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah. Speaking of Long Beach, you're, you're a California boy originally, right? I am, yeah. Yep. So um, when did you get to Arizona? Uh, 97. Okay. Uh, so you grew up out there, went to school? Uh, yeah, I'm 37 uh, at 15. Uh, my, my mom, my stepdad, my sister, Long Beach, mm-hmm. my dad, my stepmom, uh, my brother who, who's no longer with us, uh, Arizona. Okay. So at, at 15, um, me and my mom were having the best time. Um, and so you, you know, say you were or you we, weren't? We were not. Okay. Um, and so uh, I came out to live with my dad here in Arizona. Me and my mom have a great relationship now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been out here for 22 years now. Okay. Yeah. Now, when did you first start playing? Uh, I wanted to young, man. Uh, since I can remember in, in, like, preschool, I wanted to be a bull rider. <laughs> cool. And, uh, and then after that, I just I loved music. Mm-hmm. And um, 12 is when I really started. Um, I still got it hanging up. I'm so glad I still have it. Uh, it's a, like, you know, mail catalogs mm-hmm. that we used to have. Um, it's a, it's called the Terminator. Okay. And it's like a, a smaller scale strat style body. Right. With a speaker built into it that runs on a nine volt battery. <laughs> and then you can't tune the E string. <laughs> but you could run around the house making a little racket. Oh man, I could play Iron Man on it though. That's awesome. That is hilarious. Yeah. That's where it started for me. And when did you start songwriting? Um, about 19. So, so I was going to say, you sound like you've been writing for a while. Thank you, man. Um, I really uh, appreciate how far I've come. You know, mm-hmm. I still feel, I hear like Matt Weddle sing or something. And I'm like, God, I got so Isn't much it cool to be part of this community of songwriters? There's a lot of great it, singer-songwriters. It's inspiring. So you it know is. what I mean? Like at any moment, pretty much any moment, I could just go dip. Find somebody out there playing that's going to challenge me to be better. Yeah. And that's amazing. I'm so grateful for the musicians I get to play with in town. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, 19, I I always wanted to be singing and playing. Um, I I had awful voice, though. You know, first, (laughs) you know, oh, God. Like, like, uh, the first band I was in out here, I played guitar. There's a singer. And, you know, I try to sing some backup. And it's just like, bro, just... Just, just don't do it. Just, just don't do it. You know, I wanted to so bad, you know. Um, but I, I, I was well, how awful. Did you, how did you make that corner? You're not awful now. I mean, what, what did you do to get to become the singer you are? A lot of work. A lot of work. Um, Including like vocal coaching and exercises or just listening and trying? Um, trial and error is what, mm-hmm. what I'm established on. Um, so at 19, you know, I had a guitar. So like, you know, the first type of songs I do you know, I'd, I'd kind of follow the guitar, you know, like a lick, da 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 you know, I'd be like, love, lick, da da and I'd sing along with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what really helped me is because I had no training at all or no anything, was um, in the band Alvescence I was in for a while during that time period, uh, we got a keys player that joined. And all of a sudden my, you know, instead of my funky little note lick, right. I heard all these notes. <clears throat> right. And I'd start singing different things. Yeah, and, like permission, because these are here too. Yeah, and, you know, he'd be like, hey man, he's like, what, what are you playing? And I would just show him my hand on the guitar. He'd be like, "No, like you want the one, the four, minor six, What do you do?" I'm like, "I, I got my first finger 
on the uh, fifth string, fifth fret. Right. He's like, uh, oh, so D. I'm like, oh, that's oh, oh, that's D. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. You know? It's like you're playing by ear and not knowing. And then um, he's he really changed my life in a way because he I came from just like trial error, cut your chops, and he came from like uh, Argentina studied music can sight read mm-hmm. and so he's like dude like just go to school you know and i, I ended up landing on uh at school uh, at 27 at phoenix college mm-hmm. um I, bob powers was my guitar instructor right. and um they taught me what it was to be a professional and they really changed my life mm-hmm. um i had this weird thing i didn't want to play anybody else's music mm-hmm. i didn't want to learn anybody else's music i thought it de-authenticated me mm-hmm. Um, and when I got to, uh, to college and those professors and they opened my eyes, I was like, oh, man, what was I doing? Yeah, because each one of those ones that are great that you love are teachers. Each song is a teacher. Yeah, Every man. one of those writers that has written great music, you can learn so much about yourself from just studying what they've done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was, yeah. you know, but um, I'm so happy I'm here now. Yeah, yeah. You have had some great shows as well. Uh, you opened for James Bay, which mm-hmm. I think. Did you have a chance to chat with him at all? And I didn't really visit, get to chat get with to him. I got to I got to shake hands. Um, he seems really cool. I've never met him. I met him. I dig his music, and I thought you they did a great performance. Yeah, man, it was, it was super cool to watch him because he's even though he's a great singer songwriter, he, he's kind of like a rock and roll band. Yeah, he's kind of kind of. And they and when they played live, that's what it was. I bet it gets really yeah crazy. And the and the band, all the band members are super cool. They're all in the photo I got with him and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was cool. Now you uh, you played. Uh, this is just blew me away too. You played with uh, Buddy Guy as an opening act, mm-hmm. and then he invited you up on stage to play with him during his set. How how did that feel? That had to be incredible. Um, the the end of the story is I never slept, <laughs> and uh, at like seven a.m. Uh, Serenity is my fiance's name. Um, she noticed I wasn't home, and she. At the moment, she knows I'm home. She's looking around the house. She looks. She knows a car pulls up, and uh, Uber was dropping me off. I couldn't sleep, so I looked up um, potato waffle recipes, and I took an Uber to Walmart and I bought a waffle maker. And she, <laughs> by the time she realized I was gone, uh, I was walking in the house with Walmart. But she's like, "What? What? What are you doing?" I was like, "I can't sleep, man," because um, the adrenaline was just still pumping. You know? Yeah, and the, one of the cool. I mean, if that wasn't cool enough, um, the part that kind of goes untold, which is so amazing, is that. So I got up there. He had a 90-minute set. Um, do I have time to tell you how yeah, I got man, it? Yeah, uh, So, you know, I got the gig, um, open for him, obviously super pumped. Um, we did our 30-minute set, got a standing ovation. So amazing. And, I, you know, I'm a blues guitar player at heart. You know, I um, the Bad News Blues, I'm from Tucson. That's who I cut my chops with. They play at Char's. And I, I for every... Thursday for a year when I was like 22 I'd show up there I'd play with mm-hmm. them and they would just be like you know hey shuffle here we go you know mm-hmm. and just I learned how to not play when I don't know what's going on and so um I was like oh man I, I gotta ask him you know it's part of like the blues culture you know we sit in or whatever right and um so I'm we finished our set things are moving fast and his guitar tech was watching our whole set and he was like man he's like you guys were really good and I was like thank you he's like no he's like we we're turning all the time. He's like, you guys are awesome, you know? I was like, well, man, what do you think before I tear down my my amp? I'm like, you think there's any way, like, I could sit in with Buddy? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, but let's ask <laughs> let's, let's ask Max. That's awesome. Um, and he's like, Max is his manager. And uh, here comes Max, uh, big old white dude, uh, dirty white Hanes shirt with a 
Chicago Cubs jersey that don't button up no more, and he don't look nice. And he said, what? And I said, oh, is that anyway? He's like, buddy, don't let nobody sit in with him. He don't know. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm like, uh. I'll go introduce myself. <laughs> I said, I said, is there any way I could just meet him, shake his hand, tell him thank you so much for the opportunity to open for him? He's like, we'll see. So I follow him to the green room. He goes in the green room. He turns around. He's literally like, you wait here. Shuts the door. Goes inside. A couple minutes go by. Opens the door. Some people leave. And then I come in, and it's just me, Buddy, and Max. I sit down. Buddy's the nicest guy ever. He's 89 at the time, um, drinking a coffee cup with some sort of liquor in it. And uh, he goes, you know, I start to say thank you. And he just interrupts me. He's like, he's like, he's like sit down. He's like, well, I don't want none of that. I start, you know, just me saying thanks, you know. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like where are you from? I said, Long Beach, California. He's like, oh. I couldn't have asked for a better sequence of events. Yeah. He said, oh, that's, that's where John Lee Hooker's from. And I said, oh, man, that's, I love him. I'm like, I, I saw him when he was 92 years old at Celebrity Theater. I go, the only song that he stood up for the, for the whole show was Boogie Chillin'. And Buddy goes, oh, man, Boogie Chillin', first song I ever learned on the guitar. I was like, I'm in, bro. I was like, buddy. I was like, I got two rows of family and friends right up front. I go, you think there's any way I could sit in with you on a song? And Max is giving me the evil <laughs> like, eye. How dare you? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and buddy, the longest two-second pause ever. I don't give a shit. Let's do it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I handed my phone to Max. I said, could you take a picture? <laughs> Um, but, you know, that's what's funny is that a lot of people, they, they wouldn't do that because they feel like, well, that's not right. But the other thing is, why not? And it means so much. And it's kind of like you when you said people call you and, and describe that, you're in, that you are an inspiration. It takes so little effort to be that for them. You go and play and smile and it changes their life, right? Mm-hmm. It's no effort on your part to really bring great joy. He was in the same position. It took no effort to change your life in that way to say, I'll give you that moment. It's it's nothing for me. I'll give you that moment, and it was and it means so beautiful. much. And he so it was, he had a ninety minute set, and he told the guitar tech, he's like, "Hey man, he's like sixty minutes in, bring him in." So I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna go watch the show." Forty five minutes in, I go hover around, tune up, make sure I'm ready. Um, meanwhile, when the band was getting up there too, the band was real complimentary, the different musicians cool. and stuff. And so I was like, "Cool man, I'm gonna be right next to keys player." I'm gonna ask him what key the song's in. It's gonna be awesome, you know. I'm gonna be, it's gonna be good. And so he calls me up. I get up there, I give props to the band, get my little position. I turn to the keys player. I say, "Hey man, I say, what key is this, this next song in?" <laughs> he literally just laughed. He's like, "Oh man, man, we, I don't know. We ain't got no set list. Buddy just plays. We just play whatever. <laughs> we just wherever he goes, we just go." And I was like, "Oh shoot, man." <laughs> I go, I sure hope you don't turn to me real soon in the song before I figure out the key. <laughs> luckily, luckily, I figured out the key before he turned it over to me, and, and I did my thing, and uh, super amazing. And the, the cool thing that uh, isn't on video or no, nobody really talks about is that after that song, um, he gave me my props, and super awesome. Um, I gave love to each band member. I shook each real quickly. I went to each one out. I said, thank you so much. you know. Um, and I go to leave, and the keys player was the musical director. And he said, no, man. I said, what do you mean? I was like taking my guitar off. He's like, you're, you're fine, man. So I played the whole last 30 minutes of Buddy's set with the band as part of Buddy's backing band. And, you know, Buddy old school. So last song, he did a little thing, dip, the band's still playing, and everybody took their shine. And Rick Jazz, his other guitar player, went up to the front stage, called me up, and we're trading, and it was just 
I mean, I, I was on wow. cloud 59. You know what I mean? I was, wow. I was, it was insane. Yeah. I can understand why you had to go buy a waffle maker a few hours <laughs> later. You know, I, I mean, I re- I've had that feeling, not I've never that particular uh, gig, but doing a show where you, it just was so exciting that you couldn't, you went home, you've been up all day, you do the whole show, which is a lot of work, and mm-hmm. then you pack up your gear and you drive two hours home or whatever, and you get there and you're like, I can't go to bed. There's no way I can go to bed. Yeah. So I, I get that feeling, but that that's a real high, man. And uh, you get any good at making waffles? No. <laughs> It didn't take it back, though, right? No, no. I mean, I gave it an effort. I'm just, uh, you know, one That's day. That's cake. She's the cook, right? She's so good. It, awesome. And it just makes the difference so, you know what I mean? Like, if she sees me cooking in the kitchen, she's, right. like, happy about it, but also, like, man, I know I should help them. <laughs> I better get in there and save that dish. <laughs> Got to honor the meat, you know? Well, listen, let's play a song. Let's play another track. Yeah, man. Uh, I've got Just Like Mine and I have my arch. So which one? Uh, so Just Like Mine is more like darker, slower. Actually, they're both randomly slide guitar. Just Like Mine, I, I see more like a, a, a dark movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my arch is more like a, you know Tennessee blues, rock mm-hmm. and roll type thing. So whatever okay. you want. Let's go with my arch. Okay. Sounds like fun. That's Serenity's so favorite. Oh, is it really? Cool. Well, there you go. This is for Serenity. This is uh, my arch from Lee Pereira here on the Auto D Show. Check it out.
listening to Auto D coming at you live. And that was my arch by Lee Pereira here on the Auto D show. Great track, man. Thank you, man. Thank and you. then uh, the production on it sounded fantastic. Where did you cut that? Um, I did that with Dran Michael in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Smith on drums. Actually, Dran played bass on that. Um, the, that album was like I got to do my dreams. We did all but four. It's a 15 track album, 14 songs. Four of the songs were not in Chattanooga. Um, one was with a different producer in New York, and three were in town with um, Curtis at STEM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that that track just sound, to me sounds incredible. Uh, Johnny Smith on drums, man, he uh, just a beast. Yeah, he's bad, but this, this, the sound of it is also great. So where where were you in Chattanooga? Uh, you it's called Dead Bird Studios. Okay, um, so. I don't know. I forget the guy's name, um, but it's, it's kind of random. Uh, Johnny Smith works for this guy. Um, uh, he's like kind of his right hand man, so he kind of oversees projects. And this guy's a huge music lover. I don't know if you heard about Songbirds Museum mm-hmm. in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest co- guitar collections. Um, it's it's this guy above Johnny Smith. So he's just all about. So he has Songbirds Museum of, of his own guitar collection. He's got Dead Bird Studios, um, you know, and like they just. They support artists and, and super, super humble team, super talented guys. You know, the, the type of guys that you walk into a room and they play something and you're like, hey, man, uh, it's cool what you did, but, like, I'm really hearing it this way. And, like, no sense of anything other than just, like, oh, how you hear it? Oh, oh like that? Oh, let's go do that. You mm-hmm. know, like, just complete support, you know. And, and, you know, they really believed in the music, too. So Cool. Who's playing harmonica? Uh, Tim Starnes, he's Charlie Daniels harmonica player. Cool, that sounded great. Yeah, um, the guy Dran Michael, my contact out there, he's like, I was like, I want a dirty harmonica on this song. It's the last thing on the record of the whole thing. That's the last thing I was <laughs> right. waiting for. And um, I was like, I want a dirty harmonica on it. He's like, All right, I got the guy. He's like, it might take a minute, but I got the guy. And, and I'm not patient. Man. I'm like, I just want to hear it. I want to yeah. hear it. The guy went in and did two takes. It was over. Wow. Yeah. He's. I mean, you heard it. How about the background vocals? Because that's a lot of good good stuff there too. Um, Michael Kite. Um, all the low stuff is me. Uh, all the high stuff is Michael Kite. Mm-hmm. Um, on the rest of the record, um, Kyle Phelan mm-hmm. does some harmonies. Um, Amber Carrington, both Amber Carrington and Michael Kite were on the voice too. Mm-hmm. Um, super, again, like just such talented, humble yeah. people, and just you know, I, I had a pretty clear vision. You know, I went in. Uh, I always embrace the producer to to do them. Like I'd rather them go far away and me reel them back in than not share ideas. So I love the bounce back and forth. But with a lot of this stuff on this record, I had a pretty clear feeling I wanted out of the songs. So I was able to go in and be like, hey, this song, we want this here, there. Maybe I didn't know what color it was, but like I knew I wanted a female harmony on this chorus mm-hmm. or, or a harmonica on this song or something like that. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Now, uh, when did that record come out? Uh, last year. Okay. Uh, February last year? Yeah, because it's the month after the marathon I ran. Okay. And then, are you uh, got any new man, new material in the bag that you haven't put out yet? I have a problem. Uh, I don't have the money to do an album, and I don't know how to narrow it down to just releasing a single. I, right. I've got like a hundred songs that haven't that been. need to be recorded. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we need to start a new GoFundMe to raise money to record <laughs> all those songs. But uh, well, you know, you you've got this association with these charities too. Maybe there's maybe we can we can brainstorm a little bit and find a way to to do something. Yeah. But uh, the, that that track was great. Uh, the songwriting was great. Thank you. Um, what do you got coming up show wise? 
Um, I'm, I'm playing a solo gig at the Womack uh, on Tuesday, tomorrow, and cool. then um, for the first time in my life, I'm going out of the country on Thursday. Going out of the country? Where are you going? Uh, me and Serenity are taking a vacation. We're going to Paris and Rome. Wow. Yeah, it was our Christmas present. We did one of those like Groupon vacations where the hotel and flight is all in one. Right. So for Christmas, we didn't get each other anything, and I verified that it was a real, we're not getting each other anything. Right. Don't, don't show. Don't tell me we're not getting nothing, and I take it literally, and then you show up with some thoughtful gifts, and I feel really bad. Right. So we got nothing. We just bought this this gift, and neither one of we both have a passport. Neither one of us been to Mexico. We've never been stamped. So uh, I'm excited to, especially with everything that's been going on. I'm excited to go check out. Oh, it'll be a great break, great transition. You yeah. come back refreshed again. So yeah. see uh, some old country. Yeah. yeah. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. I've been to Paris one time. I haven't been to Rome, but we're talking about going because on, on my end of the thing. Uh, I am. I have a fiance, and we're going to be getting married right away. I can't tell you just when, but uh, that's so awesome. The uh, the trip we're planning is uh, to Italy as well, and I've never been to Rome. I've been to Italy a bunch, but I'm planning on going to Rome. Yeah, you have to tell me what you like about it. How yeah. many days are you spending in Rome? Uh, four days in each. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. Are you a museum buff? Do you like to go through I all do, museums? Man. I I really enjoy taking taking all that in. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much there to, to learn from and, and just be inspired by. Come back with some new songs. Oh, man. Hey, man, the music's on. The show's over. We run out of time. Uh, Lee, your, you, your story is so inspiring, and your music is fantastic, and I'm just thrilled that you had this opportunity to, to come in and spend some time with me. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the story. Yeah, man, and uh, there'll be a link up, and everybody who missed it live can hear it soon. So. Awesome. I'll, just, I'll share that for sure. All right, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks.